Well, this morning has been a special time hearing from our students, from our young people, sharing about their experience on mission this summer. And, and uh, can, I, can I say this to you as a church? Um, I've had the privilege of, of, for the last number of months, in a, in a very limited way, being part of the youth ministry and kind of helping out and, and assisting and kind of keeping things trucking along. And uh, that's been a great joy to do that. Uh, and in the midst of all of that, I've, I've done a lot of watching and a lot of listening, made a lot of observations. And there's one thing I want to say to you as a church. The young people that you have, treasure them. They are of the highest quality and caliber. And you've heard from some of them this morning. And uh, there are a lot of churches who would love to have experienced what you've just experienced. I remember serving in a church, um, and uh, we'd just come back from a mission trip, and I had two of the guys up front sharing about their experience, and there was... This elderly gentleman came to me after the service, and there were tears in his eyes. And he shook my hand, and he said, you know, I've been praying for that all my life in this church. So, Fitzroy, you're blessed. You really are blessed to have the young people that you have. Treasure them. Encourage them. They have inspired me this morning, and I know they have inspired you as well. They have taught us. And there's really not a lot else that I can say, Steve said, give them the seven-inch version this morning. Um, And I'm not going to speak a long time, but I do want to pull some thoughts together and take Matthew 28, these verses at the end of Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus gives his final command to his disciples and to the church, what we know of as the Great Commission. And in Matthew chapter 28... Jesus comes to his disciples. He gathers them together. They've gone back to Galilee. And Galilee, in many ways, was the place where everything started, where the Jesus movement really kicked off. So in a sense, they've gone back to the beginning, for the beginning of something new. What's going to come next? the next chapter. And Jesus gathers the disciples together and he says, all authority is given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. The command is to make disciples. And Jesus says, go. Literally what he's meaning there is that as you go about your life, in the context of your life, as people pass across the path of your life, Make disciples of them. Jesus didn't gather the disciples together and say, hey guys, I want to give you guys the Great Commission. That's what we're going to call it. Jesus didn't call it the Great Commission. When they were putting the Bible together, you know, they put a little subheading in there in many of our Bibles, and we, we read Matthew 28, and we get to that verse, verse 16, and we see the Great Commission. And I think what has happened is that for many of us then, our Our default is, well, the Great Commission must just be for great people. You know, that's for people who've been to Bible college or or 
theological college. That's for, for ministers and missionaries. Um, that's for people who, you know, are qualified. And that's not what Jesus was getting at at all when he gave the Great Commission. It's not about a commission for great people. It's an everyday commission for everyone. It's not an optional extra for the Christian life. It's something all of us are to be involved in. As we go about our lives, Jesus is asking us to participate in the mission that he's been about. Calling people to be his apprentices. Calling people to be his disciples. To walk in the dust of the rabbi Jesus. And that's what our students have been doing this past summer. And there's just a couple of thoughts I want to leave with you as as we wrap up this time together this morning. The first one is this. Every follower of Jesus is a missionary. Every follower of Jesus is a missionary. And often I think when we hear that, our our immediate response is, oh no, like fear. Are are we going to have to pack up and move to the other side of the world? No. No. We've been reminded by these students this morning that we're missionaries right here where we are. And it's Jesus' mission. Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority is given to me. This is my mission, Jesus says, that I'm inviting you to participate in. And the one who calls you has the power to take care of you in it. It's his mission. And when we go to share our our faith with other people, when we live out our faith before other people, um, sometimes we get fearful. We back off because we're scared that it might get a little bit awkward, that it might be embarrassing. We might make people feel uncomfortable. But the reality is, in those situations, Jesus, in his authority, sends you. We immediately go to this thinking where it's just me and myself in this situation. I'm going to say the stupidest thing. I'm not going to know the answers to the questions that they're going to ask. Those hard questions that some of the guys were talking about this morning. And we just forget about it. We leave it. We say, that's, someone else can do that. That's really not my job. We're paralyzed in this fear. But Jesus comes and he says, don't be afraid. Would you join me, Fitzroy, in my mission? It's my, it's my mission. It's in my authority. It's in my power. I'm going to pull it off. How many commands do you see in Matthew 28, 16 through 20? There's the command, make disciples, but there's another command kind of sneaked in right at the end. It's the second imperative in this passage. And it's, behold, or surely, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Jesus frames the Great Commission in 
the declaration of his authority that it's my mission in the world I'm sending you and the assurance of his presence in it. Behold, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Jesus, in a sense, is saying, I've got your back. You're not in this on your own. The one who sends you assures you of his presence. So we get to join God where he is at work in the world, whether that's South Africa, Uganda, Romania, Dublin, Portrush, Belfast, wherever we are, God is there and God is working. And we're invited into that. Every Christ follower is a missionary. A few years ago, uh, my wife and I were driving back home from a youth event. And we accidentally, inadvertently, drove into the middle of a crime scene. How did I know it was a crime scene? Because there was police tape everywhere. There was flashing lights and lots of angry police officers. It was a pure accident. It was a kind of a foggy night. Um, the, The roads weren't very well marked with the police signs. There'd been a serious incident. And we suddenly find ourselves in the middle of a crime scene with a lot of explaining to do. My explanation was I wasn't driving, so it's not my fault. Um, and it was a lesson for me because I think when it, comes to, when it comes to mission and getting on mission with God, when it comes to the relationships we have with people, a lot of the time I think we see lots of barriers there, like those, those police tapes that you see put up at a crime scene. A line that we don't cross. I can't cross that line. And the lesson I learned that night is that, you know what, in that crime scene, I had no right to be there. I shouldn't be there. But those police officers, what do they do when they come up to that police line, do not cross tape? They pick up that tape and they walk right in. Because they have the authority to be there. And when it comes to the mission of God in the world and the relationships that we have with people and living out and sharing our faith with others, we have the authority to cross those barriers. In Jesus' name. As a messenger of Jesus, we're authorized to cross those barriers. Every Christ follower is a missionary. Second thought is this, we're almost done. Every life is a gospel story. Every life is a gospel story. If, if you're following Jesus, then God wants you to use what he's done in your life. And what you've experienced of Jesus will help other people to get to know him too. Think about it. There's a woman at the well. John chapter 4. This great story where Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman. A woman he should not have talked to. A woman for cultural reasons and religious reasons he should not have any interaction with. Jesus 
broke the rules. Jesus crossed through the barriers. He entered into this conversation with this woman and gave her incredible dignity and respect. And in the end of this, at the end of this conversation, she realizes she's talking to the Messiah. And what's her response? Her response is she goes into town immediately and she tells everybody else who it is that she's encountered. She doesn't wait until she's got everything figured out. She doesn't wait until she's got all the answers to the tough questions. She just shares her story with others. And as followers of Jesus... We have a better story to tell in the culture around us. We have a story of the whole gospel to the whole person in the whole world. And you tell your story, not just with the words that you speak, but the life that you live. I had a mentor right when I was starting out in youth ministry, Jeff, and and Jeff said something to me I've never forgotten. He said, Paul... As a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, your walk will always talk louder than your talk talks. And it's true. So as you live out your faith, as you live in such a way that it raises questions with other people, you're sharing a better story. You're pointing people to a better way. Every life is a gospel story. And the last thought I'm leaving with you this morning is that every relationship has redemptive hope. Every relationship has redemptive hope. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that? Do we believe that Jesus can change people's lives? You've heard some of the stories of how Jesus is changing people's lives in other places. But think about actual people in your life. Do I believe that God can change that guy's life or that girl's life? Do I believe that God can change my friend's life, my boss's life, my teacher's life, my dad's life? Or are those people bigger than Jesus? Because the truth is, no one is beyond Redemption, But we decide for them. We don't tell people. We avoid the awkward conversations. But who in your life have you decided that they're beyond redemption? Who have you decided that they're tougher than Jesus? Beyond what Christ could do in their lives. Think about the Apostle Paul. Here's a guy who's on mission to wipe out Christians. If there was someone that you would think of as the least probable person to become one of the greatest ambassadors for Jesus, it would not be the Apostle Paul or Saul as he was then. But he meets Jesus and he's radically changed. And his life takes a whole new direction. No one is beyond redemption. Jesus says, are you willing to speak for me? And when you go into work or you go into school tomorrow and someone asks you what you did over the weekend, that's an opportunity to cross a barrier, 
to lift up the tape and to walk into a conversation with someone that could become about God. You could ask them about their weekend. You could tell them, hey, let me tell you about my weekend. I went to church and it was awesome. It was great. And tell them why. Yes, sometimes it will be awkward. My friend Greg in America has a ministry called Dare to Share. And he has a t-shirt, an honest t-shirt that says, awkward is awesome. Sometimes it will be awkward. Sometimes it'll be a difficult conversation. Some of our students had those conversations this past summer. But don't let it keep you back from taking that step. So as you go into this week, pray God. I'd love to be part of your kingdom agenda this week. Open a door for me to talk to someone about you. Open an opportunity for me to live out my life in such a way that it raises questions by those around me. And I know that that many of us have had sometimes difficult, even bad experiences of mission and evangelism. But I want to remind you that God calls us to live a better story, a good story, and to live it authentically in a compelling way. And this is a lot bigger than you and me. It's a lot bigger than the mission our students were involved in this summer. God is doing things all around us, and God is using lots and lots of different people in that process. And if we're obedient to him, and we step into these things, he may take what you have done, and he may put it on the end of five other things that other people have been doing. Or he may make you the very first person in the process that he's going to complete in someone's life of bringing redemptive hope. What's it look like? Let me leave this, quick, this picture with you as, you as you head into this week. Rory, could you come up, my man, and help me out? It's very simple. You and I, every one of us, we're a vessel. We're a vessel. We're a container. We have, we have an opportunity as we're filled up with Jesus to carry Jesus out into the world, out into our week. And people are going to cross the path of our life and people are going to bump into us. Bump into me, Rory. You know you want to. And as people bump into us, what happens? Jesus spills out of our lives into other people's lives. So Fitzroy... As you head into this week, inspired by the stories of your young people and your students who have been the hands and the feet of Jesus in the world, who have gone to change the world because God has changed them. May you live a better story. May you believe that every relationship has redemptive hope, that every life 
Yours included is a gospel story. May you lift those tapes, those barriers, and cross in. And may God use you to accomplish his purposes in the world. God bless you.